Hello and welcome to another podcast. I am Coach Martin Manila from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. If you're looking for help and guidance to improve your English as a second language, perhaps improve your confidence in public speaking, even if you're a native English speaker, it's not just for speakers of English as a second language, then you're in the right place. Also, if you're looking for career coaching, immigration advice, support in launching your business or marketing information about how you can launch your company, and create a fantastic brand, I can help you. Get yourself a free 30-minute session with me whilst it's still available. It's not gonna be there forever, so grab it while you can. Today, I'm continuing a theme because there's something quite interesting happening on the podcast at the moment, getting lots of interest from all of my Arabic-speaking students, listeners, and I suppose just general curious people. Um, I'm not quite sure who everybody is at the moment. Um, I'm only looking at my statistics here, but there seems to be a definite peak. So I'm figuring that whatever I'm talking about with regards to this is certainly of interest. I'm going to keep podcasting about this more so than anything else. But clearly, if there is something you'd like to hear me talk about related to your country, then let me know. Your easiest way to do that, there's two ways, is to ring into the podcast. You can just press the button there on your screen somewhere and leave your voice message on here about what you'd like to hear next, or you can drop me a message on Telegram. There's a final way you can reach me, but it's a bit slower. You can try hello at initial-impact.com, but I can't always guarantee to pick up the email straight away, and sometimes they just kind of end up in the junk file. So we don't really want that, do we? So the best way is Telegram or just message me on here. So today I'm going to be talking about how do we empower, how do we empower Arabic speaking women and females and female identified people in and outside of the classroom? How do we support you to get you to the place where you really are able to contribute fully um, no matter where you want to be in the world? Now, I I raise this as a very important point um, because of course of the Saudi 2030, the vision for, for Saudi, Um, It's a fantastic change in a lot of things for women, but, you know, clearly there's Arabic speaking women outside of Saudi too. So I just want to make this more a wider picture here. Um, And I read a fascinating research paper a little while ago. So I wanted to touch upon some of the things in the research paper. Now, this research was carried out in 2018. So do bear that in mind. Things may have changed a little bit since then, but I believe it's still relevant because This research is looking at actually what is happening or has been happening in classrooms throughout all Arabic speaking countries, including Morocco, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Qatar. So, you know, it's giving us a good picture as to what the challenges are, but particularly facing female speakers here. Now, this is something I've got more interest in myself as I'm speaking and working with more um, Arabic speaking women. Because what I have noticed is that there is a general lack of confidence at first. Eventually, we work on that, clearly. But a general lack of confidence when it comes to speaking up and using your voice, whether it be in English or in Arabic, to be honest. Um, And this is the the area that I feel um, more Arabic women do need, Arabic-speaking women do need the assistance with to find your voice. Um, If we think about it, speaking is a vital part of language acquisition. And I'm interested to know why and what is happening here to mean that um, women from Arabic speaking countries are not speaking up as loudly as their male counterparts. Okay, And of course, there are non-binary people in here too. 
Um, but for this particular purpose, I'm focusing on women or female identified people who speak Arabic as their native language, okay, to be really clear. So if we think about it, many women from the Middle East um, come from what we would call patriarchal societies, okay? So in this, this case, led by men, and in a way, we see that um, these students, are, you're probably less inclined to speak, express your opinions, or raise your hand if you're in a classroom, for example, or even ask questions, let alone engage in the discussions. And this poses a challenge for you if you're speaking English or learning English as a second language, because clearly in order to, to do that effectively, you need to be in a safe space and feel that you can ask questions and interrupt. Um, like in my sessions, I always say to my students, this is a safe space. If you don't understand me, if you want to interrupt me, just tell me to shut up. If I go too fast or too slow, and then we can work out what you need. I can slow down, I can speed up, whatever it is, okay? But it's really important that all of my students feel empowered to say that and to have that permission. I shouldn't have to give that permission, but what I have noticed is certainly with my students from the Middle East and also from Asia as well, unless permission is given by me, most of the students will just sit there and nod politely, okay? And that isn't going to help you in learning and expanding your English. So the first thing I would say to you, if you're a woman from an Arabic-speaking country, is that although I understand the, um, the differences and perhaps the societal norms there, certainly if you've got a session with me, I would be encouraging you to interrupt me and to challenge me and to debate with me. And that is really good for you because it's going to help you practice skills that you haven't had the opportunity to do perhaps in your own country. Um, and it's vital if you're wanting to get a job in a multinational or work, go and actually work overseas, because you've got to be able to hold your own against all types, all genders, all identities. And this is something that is a struggling point to start with anyway, for some of my students. So let's talk a little bit more about why this is going on, what's happening, and also what we can do to try and balance this up. So of course, if we look at it, you know, um, Arabic is spoken in many places, okay? So, you know, from Morocco to the United Arab Emirates, all right, um, Egypt, okay. And when we consider it, I mean, let me just put this into some sort of context, people. For those of you who are not from Arabic-speaking countries or from the Middle East, um, you probably have not been aware of just how privileged you, you may consider yourself in a minute to be. Because women's roles in the classroom, for centuries women were barred from classrooms, universities, establishments of, of higher learning, okay? And certainly so. I mean, in the Middle East, it's very difficult, um, although things have significantly altered. Um, and in recent years, particularly in the West, it's only recently that women's voices are being heard. So these kind of liberties do not exist in other countries. Um, for example, there are still many places in the world where silence amongst women is the social gender norm. And I, I believe that there are many things that the West, and I, I speak now obviously as a guy and somebody who is no longer in the West. So this is kind of a challenging conversation for me, but I feel that somebody has to speak out about this. And um, to be honest with you, why should it always be women speaking out and, and saying, you know, this is what we're struggling with, this is, and calling attention? I believe that we can all be an ally. Um, I don't have to be, you know, a woman to say, hey, this is happening and this is wrong, or this needs to be improving. 
And because of my position as a coach and working with education, I think I am quite well placed to comment on this, particularly because I do work with a lot of Arabic speaking females. Okay, so therefore, and Arabic speaking men as well. But what I'm trying to say is that I can see and sense the difference. And I can also see and sense the difference between the Arabic speaking women that I work with and then the non Arabic speaking women I work with. So this is interesting. And we've got to look at how we can best support you and give you some tips to improve that confidence so that you can, as I say, hold your own um, in the boardroom or in meetings, etc. should you wish to go into that line of business. So when we look at it, um, it's really important that we understand that these challenges are still there, particularly in the Middle East for many women. Okay. Um, and when we look at the, the actual research that we've done on this, there are many reasons for this to happen. Okay. Um, but the main one is obviously if you've been brought up in a system which operates on patriarchy, you're going to defer to, to men basically having the louder voices and getting more um, recognition in the classroom as younger boys. Um, and this potentially can cause a problem. Females also in this research were receiving less attention from teachers at high school. Um, and the attention that um, females did get was often more negative than positive attention received by the boys, which was very interesting. Okay, So in a way, um, this lack of confidence and speaking anxiety that I, I work with a lot, and this communication anxiety, um, with female speakers of Arabic is simply because of what's happened very early on in their classroom as younger women. Um, and this is kind of an implicit bias, really. The teachers in those classrooms have an unconscious attitude and reaction and stereotype and behavior. And it's this unconscious bias, which is then still operating after these women and yourself, if you're a female Arabic speaker, are then going into the mainstream kind of workplace situation or higher education, okay? And um, honestly speaking, we have to work on a many levels to unpick that. Um, but many times, um, teachers they were finding in this research were um, almost like they were just unconsciously expecting their female students not to speak, which then adds to the lack of participation, right? Okay. Um, and those who did speak frequently were viewed as more assertive. And sometimes if a woman was too overly assertive or spoke too much, she may be labeled as a bit of a problem. Now, this is really bad, right? So in a way, the way that female and male students receive feedback were kind of almost like discouraging female participation, okay? And reinforcing the fact that men's voices were more likely to be valued, appreciated, and heard. Um, men in this study were more likely to receive praise or remediation from a teacher. Um, girls were more likely to receive an acknowledgement response, but the teachers gave the boys a great opportunity to expand ideas and be animated than, than the girls were. And of course, that then reinforces for the boys, um, you know, more of the same, really. So in this particular case, um, women became more reluctant to speak because they knew that their teacher's feedback would not be rewarding. And that is the big, big crux of all of this. That's a good expression. The crux of it, the whole the whole supporting argument on this. Because if you know your teacher's feedback will not be rewarding, what's the point? I mean, seriously, you're not going to be motivated, right? You're going to be demotivated. Listen to this word, people, okay? Demotivated. It's like me. If in my sessions I did not praise and give encouragement, okay, then I'm sure most of my students would just give up. 
right? We have to have some reason to carry on. So this is a big, big issue, okay? There's also gender bias um, in regards to the textbooks being used, the curriculum, okay? There's a lot of things, okay? Um, the textbooks in this study were also showing, certainly in the Middle East, that it omitted women's contribution to society and kind of, you know, tokenized or just, you know, gave a very brief brushstroke idea of, of women and stereotype gender roles. And of course, this cycle of bias then continues into the classroom. Another thing um, that's possibly in operation here um, is that it's very difficult, okay, for women to feel comfortable um, in a classroom where men are present. And because of the social and religious expectations placed upon you, um, if you are a, a, an Arab woman, um, and as a result, you might have felt less inclined to speak, you might still do, or to express your opinions, raise your hand, ask questions, participate. But this is vital. If you're going to move into business, you have to be able to challenge in the boardroom. Um, if you want to go into, say, the legal system, okay, or the banking system, you have to be able to, or certainly in the legal system, challenge in court, okay, make a good case for certain things. Um, so we've got to help you find your voices. Um, and I think this is really important because I do believe that um, Arab women are at significant disadvantage still compared to their Western counterparts. So Western women, I don't think you have so much of a problem on this. If you're from Europe, you won't have so much of a problem on this. Um, possibly in China might be slightly different again. I don't know. I haven't really researched too heavily into that. But all I do know is I'm working heavily with my Arabic speaking um, peers. Yeah, and it is interesting, very interesting what is going on. Um, now, when you when you consider it, Saudi Arabia um, certainly was, you know, the only Islamic country that had a separate system of female education. Obviously, you've got all the separate administrative structures and physical facilities. Um, this is now changing clearly because of the 2030 vision, thanks to God. Um, you know, and I, I believe that's the right thing to do. But of course, the gender segregation on grounds of religion and morality um, was a big thing, right? Right through to the family, okay? And the purpose of these segregated schools was to reinforce those gender roles in society and in the home. Um, now, if you think about it, the education system kind of preserved that in a way um, because it still differentiated you as men and women and you had slightly different roles. So, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of graduates, okay, from Saudi Arabia, for example, being women, you know, really, you know, high level graduates, but not necessarily then translating that across into being in business roles or finance or education themselves, right? Just lots of people with degrees, but great, then what, okay? So, um, in a way, we got to look at this and be separate gender specific swimming pools, grocery stores, prayer rooms, you know, everything like that. Um, both in the UAE, um, Iran, Kuwait, um, Syria, uh, a common, you know, common uh, across the Middle East. So I think it's really helpful for you if you're not uh, an Arab woman listening to this, but just anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. I think it's really vital we understand the differences in culture and what's happening, because only when we understand a little bit someone's story can we perhaps think why things are the way that they are. And what can be causing a challenge? And if you're an employer working with um, an, an Arabic-speaking female in your company, you know you need to bear this in mind. Okay, I think you really do. Um, how can we change things here? How can we make things better? Well, let's just carry in a little bit more. There's many things that that we can do. I mean, clearly the the big one is to try and like bring um, men and women together in an appropriate way 
to help break down some of these problems in these boundaries, okay? Um, it is difficult. Um, I do believe many Arab women want to um, push beyond this, okay? And that's why I'm here to support that and say, I think more allies are, are needed from you know, the Western world, within the Arab world, and also from men as well as women, all right? I don't think it should just be left to the women just to like, you know, try and raise their voices and be heard. And I believe that um, all of us should come together to try and change this, to support this. Because we're all humans at the end of the day. I really, you know, I hate talking about gender, but of course, of all these things, gender is important, right? Like I was speaking only the other week about obviously domestic and intimate partner violence against men. Um, you know, that these stereotypes are part of the problem, actually, right? I mean, a human is a human, but the stereotypes are causing the bigger problem. Now, when, when we look um, at the situation, basically, um, there are some women, clearly, who do not struggle to express themselves. I'm not saying every Arabic-speaking woman is just so shy, like a wallflower. It's a good expression. It means really shy. Um, but we do need to be aware of these different cultural differences, okay, and try to support this in the best way. Um, clearly, who should and should not speak in class is greatly influenced by one's kind of culture and gender, okay. Um, even within the US, men, when they serve as tended to believe that their voices should be heard and women should not. So that was kind of interesting. Conversely, I also have to say, though, I've seen it the other way around, like I've just said about, you know, domestic partner violence and stuff. We've got plenty of this sort of, well, men should just not be, you know, they should just basically be quiet and should just, you know, um, man up kind of thing, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's as, as ridiculous as saying that all women should stay in the kitchen and, and just cook, right? So I think that we've got to get past these ridiculous stereotypes and just look at what human beings do and stop trying to say that all men do this and all women should do that. You know, that's going to be the best way forward. But of course, I understand there's cultural reasons and sensitivities on this too. So we've got to play by some of the rule books still as well. And um, when we look at it overall, we tend to find that this kind of issue is then coming out of the classroom and then carries on and into business. And if we want to support and empower Arab speaking women, Arabic speaking women, you know, in business, then we've got to help you um, get more comfortable with speaking and expressing yourself and really just being confident, right? Okay. So the question is, what can we do about this? I mean, seriously, what can we do? Well, the first thing is to create safe spaces where Arabic speaking women can come together. Now, my academy is one such space, okay? Men are welcome too, but we are going to have specific um, webinars and times there for Arabic speaking women to come together and really practice getting assertive, debating, and really getting their voices heard without interruption or any anything other than interruption from their own female counterparts, okay? Um, I think it's really important that we do that to try to, to sort of support that and then integrate the whole point here so to integrate that webinar session with the men's webinar session okay and to bring you up to speed that's my plan not to keep people like in this segregation that's just not going to work what i'm saying though is to give you the confidence and the skills first and then let you loose all right okay to debate with the guys and I really want to support that to see that happen because I don't believe that anybody's giving, you know, Arabic speaking women this opportunity. And I think it's a long time overdue. So I, for one, am hopefully going to be one of the first coaches to ever do this and to suggest this. So if you are interested in joining that academy and that program, please, please, please sign up down below, pre-register, okay? 
because if I don't know that you're interested, I, you know, I won't go ahead and develop it because I'm not going to go and develop and put time and effort into something for, you know, a, a market that doesn't exist. But if this sounds of interest to you, please make your voice known. Okay, you can only make this change happen and get me to provide this academy when you sign up and register for interest in that. Totally free to register your interest. Okay, so don't panic about that. But please just let me know by doing that if you're interested, if you are a woman or a man, but you are interested in doing this, then please let me know that you exist by signing up there. Okay, and then I can alert you and take it further when we're ready. Um, really, we want to create lessons and activities there that are not biased towards men. And, you know, also that, that don't really overtly favor women. We want to try and keep this kind of gender neutral. Right. Okay. And we don't want to do anything that goes the other way we won't, don't want to disparage men and hinder your language acquisition either so in a way it's about trying to find solutions where you know um women can feel confident okay and this is what's really important so that's what we're going to be doing okay we're going to try and find a way to bring you all into a class together and really get you confident, but particularly the women were going to give you some sort of support and confidence and chance to practice your debating skills. Okay, um, it's important for you. I really do believe that this is essential. And the other thing that we can do is to look at dispelling stereotypes, and we do a lot of brainstorming on this and exactly, you know, dismantling it, dismantling these unconscious biases. Right, really working very hard there on that. Um, so that we can look and see what your opinion of yourself is compared to your country's opinion of yourself. And do they mix? I mean, do they do they match? Do they mix? Are they uh, odds with each other? That's a nice expression. OK, we're going to really challenge some of those cultural stereotypes and look at how things are in other parts of the world and then compare. OK, compare and contrast. So there's going to be a lot of practicing comparing and contrasting, which I think will be very, very helpful indeed. OK, um, overall, I think we need to be aware of the bias question ourselves and others about the bias, okay, and then take some action. So to provide certain learning supports, as I've just mentioned, um, it's essential for you, if you are an Arab woman, to try and find your voice, okay? Um, you can certainly reach out to me because I will definitely champion the course here. Um, join my academy, you can do that too. Also, I'd like you to um, try to practice each day for 10 minutes, okay, just summarizing some of the words I've used here. Try to paraphrase what I've said um, and express your own point of view to the podcast. Maybe, you know, you can record yourself and then listen to yourself back. But I want you to try to use some of my words and more forceful words to make the point about um, the challenges facing you as an Arab, an Arabic speaking woman. OK, and trying to get past this kind of, you know, women should be seen and not heard kind of thing. Ultimately, you've got to know when to use your voice. OK. And I think it's essential that all Arab women learn to defend yourself, okay, against some of these injustices, um, both at home, school, work, in society, okay. I really want to encourage you as a coach to embrace that, okay. And I will do everything within my power to give you the confidence and the presentation skills and the English expansion that you're going to need. You need absolute practice and support in your sessions to express your point of view and not just say a small set piece, then shut up. I also want to encourage you in my sessions to challenge me. I want you to ask me questions, okay? And I know that's going to feel very weird and strange, but trust me, once we do that, once you've done it for 28 days, it becomes a new habit, 
All right. So these are some of the things that you absolutely can do that will make a monumental difference. Okay, in the confidence, the vocalness, and just the general visibility and assertiveness of Arab Arab women, I think worldwide. So if you'd like to join me in being an ally, please let me know. You can message me, as I said earlier. All the details are down below. Don't forget to sign up to the Academy if you want to join there, all right? Okay. It really is important I know you exist, all right? If I know you exist and you're out there, I can do so much to help you all. So let's do it together. Keep going. And remember, you get what you believe in. So believe in yourself. And I'll see you very soon. Take care. Stay safe. And sorry to interrupt at the very end here. Just before I go, I would like to say a big thank you to all of you who listen to the podcast. Thank you for making it such a great show it is. I would like to also request something else. If you have found anything that I share with you here of help and benefit to you and would like to support my free podcast to continue remaining free for you, please do consider donating via the link below. You can find it, buy me a coffee, and it enables me to continue doing these podcasts and also supporting those of you who cannot afford high-level coaching. It really does make a difference, and thank you in advance. Stay safe and keep going.